0: Dime Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And for today's topic, we're going to talk about self-discipline versus self-effort. And I recently found myself in a conversation with a good friend. It was a great conversation. And what came out of that conversation was this discussion and dialogue about What's the role of self-discipline within the transformation process? That if you really look at people's lives that bear the fruit of transformation, you cannot deny that there is the sense of self-discipline that is at work in their lives, and that's one of the reasons why they bear the fruit of transformation so thoroughly in their lives. And in the course of that conversation, I, I challenged a few thoughts And we're just going to kind of roll with the river here today and just maybe go a little all over the place. Those of you that don't like that, I am so sorry. For those of you that do, today's going to be a treat. (laughs) But one of the things that I challenged is the way we look at discipline biblically isn't actually, I think, the biblical definition of self-discipline. And where I'm drawing my perspective from is two passages, one Galatians 5.23 and the other 2 Timothy 1.7. Galatians 5.23 is the well-known passage on the fruit of the Spirit, which the scripture says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self Control. That would be another way to say self-discipline. So, first off, self-discipline is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not the fruit of your effort to act like God. It is this divine empowerment. It is the grace of God at work. That allows you to make the right decisions not just for you but for those that you are influencing or that you maybe you even have responsibility to protect like a parent and child self-control is not you controlling a dark side of yourself from acting out and therefore proving your passion for holiness, self-control is that inward desire to act in a way that is congruent with your new identity in Christ and the nature of God. It's not this wrestle match to do the right thing. It's this empowerment, this ease or this gift of power that allows you to function in accordance with who God is because now God lives on the inside of you. The second scripture is 2 Timothy 1.7 which says you have not been given a spirit of fear but of power, love, and of self-discipline. So if you think about that, what did it just say? You weren't given and you only give gifts, you don't give what you've earned, because what you've earned is an obligation or it's a wage. So you've, been, you've not been given the wrong things, and so the reverse is true. You have been given love, power, and a sound mind, or self-discipline, depending on what translation you're reading. So the other aspect of self-discipline that I want to throw out there is that it is a gift. It is not willpower. It is not how strong-willed you are. It is a gift from God. And that gift will grow as you partner by agreeing with what God says about you and take those steps that the Holy Spirit gives you for each stage of your development, and I'm talking practical practical things in life, that's, that sense of self-control does grow. But I think a lot of times what happens is we have a picture in our minds of what immediate self-control should look like. I should, if I'm a 25-year-old person, I should be 25 years old spiritually but maybe I've only learned to trust in Jesus for the last year the truth is spiritually I am not as mature as my natural age and therefore I should not have such a high expectation that I can act as if I've been walking with God for 25 years when I haven't I need to realize that I'm in process in the sense of I'm always growing, I'm always maturing, I'm always developing. That doesn't give you an excuse for bad behavior, but it does help you recognize that sometimes we need to take expectations off of ourselves or off of those around us and let them be at the stage of maturity in God that they're at. Celebrate that and help them or let them help you continue to grow by reminding you of who you are in God and what God has done on your behalf, therefore how you're able to live because of that. So the concern that I have with all of this discussion on discipline is that if we're not careful, then we will take credit for something God did and then we will sell what he meant as a gift if you take credit for how serious you were in taking seriously the commands of God or taking seriously the what we read in the scripture and it's it's because how serious you took it then you will take credit for something that won't be a gift any longer to those that you interact with now it will be the measuring stick That you have for everyone else. And what happens is you begin to judge everyone by your own sense of worthiness in your own effort. And the thing is that creates judgment. That creates condemnation. That creates a lot of stuff that actually repels people from the person of God. Even though that's not what God is like. And so I just want us to consider what we are banking on for transformation. Are we banking on how serious we can be in the process of following Jesus? Or are we banking on the nature and character of God and the outworking of His grace that is not just a doctrine, but it's a person? And what grace has done is made me and made you a self controlled person. And as we agree with what God says, there is limitless power to walk that out with joy and bear the fruit of the Spirit, walk in the gifts and power of the Spirit, and to see our lives literally be fruitful year after year after year with ever-increasing fruitfulness. That's God's intention. And when we, again, when we overhype discipline, it's easy to take credit it's easy to sell your formula for success. And if we don't actually address people's perspectives and mindsets and help them understand what it means to be a new creation, then what happens is we can amp up the pressure in people's lives and ultimately, even if they see results that are quote-unquote biblical, but they're not infused with peace, joy, and a sense of satisfaction and Not worthiness in my own effort, but recognizing that Jesus gave me his worthiness. Therefore, I don't flounder in self-hatred. I don't flounder in a sense of worthlessness. It doesn't mean I'm always promoting myself and I I want people to pay attention to me. But it means I don't have that need anymore. And I'm able to celebrate who's in front of me and it be about them. And I don't have this sucking need to get all the attention I can get in the name of encouragement or in the name of celebration or whatever. And it doesn't mean celebrating and encouraging people is wrong. But if we're not careful, we'll create a culture that's narcissistic at the end of the day. And isn't, self, isn't service oriented. Isn't servant hearted. And that you can't get there by pumping that up or making people feel guilty. But it's that it's part of the package. That servant-hearted, others-focused. It's not something we guilt people into. It's something God graces us into, and it's good news. The other thing that that this notion of self-effort used in the in the used it, what am I trying to say? Let's get to the point, Justin. <laughs> Sometimes we use the term self-effort. I'm sorry, sometimes we use the term self-discipline, but what we mean is self-effort uh, as a part of the process for transformation. But often what I find is what we've done is we've too narrowly defined salvation. We've made salvation, um, yeah, I'm spiritually saved, and yes, I'm going to heaven someday. And now everything is about, you know, my transformation. The problem is that's not what the word salvation means. In the Greek, the word sozo, it means saved, healed, healed, and delivered. It's saved in your body, that would be healing. It's saved in your uh, spirit, that's salvation. It's saved in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. That's deliverance. Salvation is the full package. It's not a partial package. It's not a progressively, progressive, increasing, um, a progressive and increasing uh, purchase, where you get a little bit here and a little bit there. No, you got the full package. What's progressive is your understanding of what you've possessed all along in Christ and you didn't maybe know that you possessed it in Jesus. Because Jesus gave it to you as a gift. and or Either no one told you, you never saw it in the scripture, or there's probably a thousand other reasons why you wouldn't know. But the whole idea is Self-discipline is a part of the perk package of salvation. Now I'm able to live self-controlled. I'm able to live self-disciplined. I'm able to order my life. I'm able to do it with joy. It's possible not by the sweat of my own um, initiation, but by the power of His grace, by His empowering presence that allows me to do everything. That's the difference between self-effort and self-control. And honestly, even when you look at someone's life and you're amazed by the fruit of their life and you think, wow, they must have really had to pay a price and all this stuff. If they're really transformed by grace, it doesn't mean they haven't had conflict. It doesn't mean they haven't... Um, they haven't suffered loss it doesn't mean they haven't gone through trial, but what it'll mean in their life is they don't point to those things as the reason for their transformation. They point to Jesus and what he did and what and all that those trials and all that perseverance and all of those experiences those um, evidence what God did in Christ and what I'm now able to endure. what am I able? To persevere in. And honestly, guys, if you read Romans 5, uh, 15, 5, it literally says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves who follow Christ. But if you catch the first part of that, may the God who gives endurance. Perseverance or endurance is a gift. It is not by the sweat of your own effort, it is a gift of God. Patience is the ability to wait. It is not waiting. Waiting is not patience. Waiting is waiting. Patience is having joy and peace in the midst of waiting. Not being in a hurry, but enjoying the process. Enjoying day in and day out the experiences that God has for you. So, here's some more thoughts to consider. Sometimes we can say that we... Quote unquote, desire godliness, but actually we don't. What we really want is acceptance from our peers, or maybe it's acceptance from God. Sometimes we can think it's the in vogue thing to do, but it's not what's in our understanding yet of the nature of God. So we don't fully embrace. what god has given us in christ as our new desires you know the scripture says that jesus is the desire of nations he is that so i don't have to be that he is that in me and through me he expresses that in the things that i say and the attitudes that i have he is my source and if we're not careful what can happen is in a group setting People can say yes to something that they don't really understand, because the bigger thing that they, the need they really want met, acceptance around those standards or around that perspective, is now what they're really seeking. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong to have that, those, um, that community, or it's wrong to have uh, people expressing those desires. But it's just we've just got to see the bigger picture where people learn to own it in their own lives. It's theirs. It's not just the groups, it's theirs in Jesus. And they they are they are a member of that body, if that makes sense. And typically you can tell, honestly, you can smell the difference a mile away because honestly when we when we say certain catchphrases to Reveal, you know, how um, intense we are or whatever whatever the case may be. The thing is, it's fueled by our best attempts to look like Jesus rather than an inner awakening to God's divine life. Which causes us to joyfully think, feel, and act like God without needing credit or some position. And the thing is, guys, I've done this. I, so I know it well. I've, I've done it a time or two in my life. And honestly, that need for credit or that need for a title or a position or whatever, it just, it, you can, again, you can just smell the difference a mile away. Um, because at the end of the day, self-effort is still about you doing something for God rather than Jesus having done something for you as you and now living his life through you. It was interesting, I was reading the other day in John 5, 19 and 20 about where Jesus says, if you've seen me, I'm sorry, he says, uh, I can do nothing on my own, but I can only do what I see the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Now, just looking at that word do and just noticing Jesus says, I can't do unless the Father does. And whatever the Father does, now I can do. And I started looking at those words and parsing out those verbs. And it's interesting because... Everything about the verb do is the same in every one of those statements except for the mood. So in the Greek, the Greek words will actually have a mood um, that has nuance to the meaning of that particular verb. And the first time that Jesus says, I can do nothing, um, it's, he's talking of himself. And that mood in that word do is the infinitive so it's an it's the sense of ongoing there's i can do nothing ongoing unless i see the father what the father does i there's nothing i can do myself i can only but only what the father does and that that second time the word does comes it's uh the mood changes to what's called the participle and this is uh, Known as a verbal noun, in other words, actions that emerge from being. So the so in that you see that the father's doing comes out of his being, and then the next time he says the son only uh, whatever the father does that now the mood changes again to what's called the subjunctive mood, and this is um, it speaks of things that may or may not happen. So it's, a, it's about possibilities and it's about potential. Nothing's actually been done, but there is the uh, inherent power to do in that um, nuance of the word does. So whatever the Father does, whatever is possible for the Father, then the Son does. And this time the mood is the indicative mood. And this is a statement of fact. In other words, if God, then the Son. If the Father the Son. If God is doing it, the Son will automatically do it. Why? Because Jesus is rooted in his relationship with the Father. He knows he's in union with the Father. He's not mimicking the Father. He's perceiving the Father's desires. He's perceiving the Father's voice. He's perceiving the Father's eyes and the way he sees people. And he's overwhelmed with compassion. He's overwhelmed with power to give it away to those that the Father draws to the Son. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. How did he know what the Father was doing? Well, he says in John 6, no one can come to the Father. and I'm sorry, no one can come to the Son unless the Father draws him. I believe that Jesus recognized that the people coming into his, into his sphere of influence, those were the ones the Father was drawing. So he wasn't running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He was trusting that the Father was making his path straight. He, um, as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, um, he trusted in God with all his heart. He didn't lean on his own understanding in all his ways. He acknowledged God. And God made his path straight. Jesus lived that out for us, as us, and now because he's united us with him, we are able to go and do likewise. So, we must realize that all of our self-discipline comes out of Christ's life. Which ultimately is, a, is um, in Jesus, is the fullness of the Godhead. It's the life of the Trinity. That we have been woven into because of Jesus. So yes, self-discipline is a perk in the salvation package. But it is not the price tag for it. Salvation is more than going to heaven. It is a fully restored life that you are discovering more and more each day. How restored Jesus made you with his full and complete work. With his life, death, burial, and resurrection. So Father, I thank you for just an awakening to the grace of God. I thank you for an understanding of of the fruit of the Spirit is not based on our effort, it is based on your power. I thank you for the grace to trust you and believe what you say about us and it would just begin to cause us to act differently and treat people differently and love would flow from us with, with unlimited a potential and unlimited reach in jesus name thanks for listening to the wisdom podcast if you liked what you heard leave us a review on itunes and itunes will recommend this podcast to others thanks everyone and take care